if you're like me, you want to get your business ahead, but there's certain skills you need, but you just don't have. If this sounds like you, then you need to head over to Fiverr. They have a whole array of professionals that can help you in different areas from design to writing, marketing, and more. They have you covered. I seriously can't tell you how much Fiverr.com has helped me along with this podcast. Um, I've used them so much for this podcast. It's been unreal. They make my flyers. They go ahead and um, I hired this guy to help me upload the each episode and in the beginning in order for me to be all over the place it was I was totally going on Fiverr it was I seriously just it's I've gotten so much for my business through them so please use my link which you can find in the description of this episode or you can go to marcellaalonzo.com and book there through Fiverr today you'll be glad you did Hello and welcome to Get Schooled with Marcella Lonzo. Today I have the most uh, intelligent person I can think of. She, she's really, really smart. Um, she's really wonderful, super talented. Carrie Anthony, aka Platinum Pussy, the queen of BBW. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank what a great you. introduction, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because I'm like, I was so excited before you were coming on. And then I had to ask you that quick computer question because you're so, <laughs> people people don't realize who you are, but I know who you are. You're so talented. You're so smart. Um, you're at every convention. Um, we first met at Exotica back Miami. in Miami. 2021. Uh, 2021. And I'm so glad you've taken wonderful pictures of me that are like, I have them actually pinned one of the photos you took in and I do need to go. I do need more photos soon when my schedule permits, if my life ever like slows down. You, <laughs> you and I probably have the same busy stuff going on. So welcome. Please tell my listeners um, who you are, how you got in the business and um everything else about you, please, please introduce well, yourself and tell them about you. Well, thank you. Um, so I'm Carrie Platinum Pussy Anthony. I got my name. Uh, so before I got into the industry, I used to be on AOL chat and you could go into chat rooms and I would go in there. Girls would try to bully me under my, my regular name. And so I would hang out with my, my homies and they always have this conversation about like, if you were to get into porn, what would your uh, stage name be. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. What would my, my name be? You know, it's not anything that ever crossed my mind. I never thought that porn was for BBWs, but I digress. So I got the name platinum pussy from the homies. And it was just kind of like, cause I was dating one and he said I had the best. So that's how that came about. Fast forward. I was working a nine to five. I had to take some temporary short-term leave unpaid and looked online for a job that I could do from home and it was phone operator. So I thought, hmm, I can, I can operate a phone from home and recover from my medical leave. Well, it turns out it was phone sex. So I signed up to do the phone sex, quickly learned that they use fake pictures. This is 2004 and a caller come, you know, calls in and he's like, Hey, tell me, tell me what you look like. And I'm like, Oh, you know, 250 pounds click. So I quickly realized that they were using fake pictures and was like, nah, let's use mine. Cause I'm never going to remember what these people look like. So it's just better for me to be myself and their birth platinum pussy, as you may remember almost 20 years ago, 
I went on to do, I, I did the adult stuff, like the boy, girl, 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 that kind of stuff, short term. It wasn't really my thing. Um, and then just kind of cultivated this self-learning. I'm pretty much self-taught in almost everything. YouTube university, I have a degree in several things. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I've just been one of those people that takes risks. I make the sacrifices and do what it takes to make my projects at least as successful as I can get them. And oftentimes, you know, you just kind of change course, things run the run their course and you decide to do different things. But um excuse me. Oh, woo, this weather, let me tell you. In yeah. 2012, I did a show called BBW Fan Fest, which was three days. Hold on a second. <laughs> Get some water in there. <laughs> it never fails. Never fail. See, this is the universe trying to slow me down, but that <laughs> platinum. But um, it was three days of BBW recognition award shows and trade shows. And um, that was successful, but it's a lot of work and doing awards can create uh, enemies and bring out the worst in people. So I went on to do BBW Cam House here in Baltimore, which is a live voyeur house with cameras on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I did that successfully for four years shut that down because I needed my privacy. But since then, I'm now doing iHeartBBW, which I'm representing on my my merch. <laughs> and um, basically, we're just a, a inclusive community that supports the curvy plus size, just everybody, really, there's no criteria to be a part of us. Um, and we do the fashion show at Exotica. And booths and seminars and we've got all kinds of cool things planned for 2023 so here I am yeah so you did I didn't know the cam house for four years yeah almost five you did five years you said almost five yeah we shut it down um a couple more months it would have been five years so for five years you have the camera on you 24 7 how was that like oh life life in the voyeur house well there's several aspects that you have to understand when you have a live voyeur house and it's intended to generate an income, you have to create entertainment. It's much like the bad girls club, you know, they make it spicy and exciting and flare things up so that people will want to watch. Well, in my house, it was more geared towards watching girls get naked and the sexual activity. We had lifestyle parties. We would shoot videos here, cam the whole nine. And so trying to keep the house active, meanwhile, living in the house and having different personalities in and out was a challenge. And for me, what I found looking in, you know, retrospect, I was too busy being everybody's friend instead of being the boss lady and just being the managed, um, you know, the, the responsible adult to manage everything. Uh, I'd made a lot of mistakes and, you know, coddled a lot of things that I should have been like firm and, (laughs) but overall we were real successful. We, I shut it down when we were doing really well, just because I needed privacy and I needed to disconnect from living with people and and being in that type of got to be on all the time environment. It was very exhausting, especially with me who I'm kind of you know, the nerd, I like to sit at my computer for 12 to 14 hours a day and edit videos and, 
write blogs and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, not really exciting to watch on the cameras. <laughs> <laughs> so you basically could, it's not what people would think. It's not like, oh, we could just sit down, chill, watch TV for a bit. Uh, it's, you would have to have like, okay, it's Monday, we're doing this. Tuesday, every day was something and you'd have to let the viewers know. Well, I mean, it was kind of, the, the the combination of the two. It was whatever you saw on camera was whatever you saw on camera. And in fact, we ended up having a very large following of people who just loved walk, tuning in and seeing who's in the kitchen in panties and no top or who's chilling on the sofa, having a conversation about their date that they had this weekend that went bad or went great or whatever. So there was a combination of the two. Unfortunately, I feel like because we started off so active and with having so many different models here and so much Mm -hmm. like lifestyle parties and activities, it created this expectation that that's what happens every day. Oh, I see. Yeah. So it was my fault because I should have started simple and built my way up. Instead, I did the, the opposite. I like to do things big. So I started off big and then started tapering into like kind of winding down into more of a chill lifestyle and as as models left and situations changed you know they'd be like hey where's so and so when are you going to bring so and so back and you know it got to a point where it was just like you know I felt like I was constantly having to book guests to come visit my house and one of the things I've noticed is not everybody has the same home training and so they'll break your shit they'll you know not take care of it or oh I can imagine (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine that because I I have a house in Florida and I have tenants and um, they get careless or do things or uh, I think somebody burned something in the kitchen and 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 it's yeah, they people as long as yeah, they people have different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and not only that, but one of the other things that I experienced, a lot of the models are young. They've never really had anything of their own. They get here and they think party central. Let's Mm. call to have drugs delivered to this house. We have cameras. Let's call random Dick from the internet to come over to this house. I live here. So now you see like there were a lot of extenuating circumstances that created other problems that it was just constantly having to put out these fires and I'm like look this is just too much so. yeah 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 that's the end of the and I don't are guys still into the voyeur camp oh or? yeah oh yeah I mean they, mm. they always want you to go live on on the other platforms yeah they watch the platforms that's true because I have guys um on my own when are you going live and or when you're going live and I use I like using Streammate a lot um because <clears throat> they could directly bring you right into the private opposed to like, um, chatterbait. I could never get it. I couldn't figure chatterbait out. I uh, love chatterbait. That's my, that's my moneymaker right there. Really? But I just don't know how to, I don't know how to work it. And I think streammate is very simple for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the simplicity that, um, is cool with me and I don't have to, uh, you know what I'm saying? I felt like the thing about webcamming Everybody has their platform of choice that they're comfortable right. with. So everybody, that's why like whenever I tell somebody about camming, I'm like, you really have to feel out each cam. Right. Each you site has I mean? its own kind of customer base and its own style. For me, Chatterbait, I like having the freedom to do what I want without mm-hmm. 
being um like streamate i like streamate but the problem with streamate is i feel like you really have to like win people over to get them to take you private mm-hmm. and it takes a lot and there's not much that you can do in free that i don't know for me it just seems like i like to i like to be free spirited and an exhibitionist and just kind of right. do my thing and then yeah, I get tokens. I, I've been very successful on Chatterbait. In fact, that's what I went to AVN. I went with the Chatterbait group for the first time and I was very impressed. I had a great time. The dinners were awesome. The booth, I, I did the booth in the village part, which was the gay side. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. It was very quiet. It was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I've been with other people prior to doing the iHeart BBW and BoobTube booths. Right. So I did not have those same experiences. And so I was really excited that Chatterbait was very welcoming, very inclusive, which is something I'm not accustomed to either. Uh Make sure I got my little crop hoodie for Chatterbait plus size. And it was just, it was a great experience. So I'm Oh, that's good. That's good. I was impressed with um, the first time I ever went to Exotica with my free cam. And they, uh, because they, that's everybody, like I said, I, I like the way they like they threw out like a red carpet and everything they did. But unfortunately, I never could. That site just wasn't for me. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. every site. But that's good that Chatter- some of these companies do that, like Chatterbait and um, open up the door and stuff like that. So you one thing is you're always going to Exotica and you have BoobTube. Um could you tell us a little bit more about that boob tube and uh, cause I always catch you on there and how that came about. So boob tube is a show on exotica.tv. Um, during the beginning of the pandemic, obviously all of the shows were shut down and exotica had to send out this email that said, well, now that we're on lockdown, unfortunately, and you know, it took many, many months for them to release Uh, doing big events with people that were in the thousands. And anybody who's been to Exotica knows it can be 50, 60,000 people under one roof. So naturally at the beginning of the pandemic, um, Exotica had Exotica TV. They were doing things like um, Wake and Bake with Alexis, Texas. And so I get this email advertising their YouTube uh, channel with exotica.tv. So I'm like, well, I want a TV show. So I email them and I'm like, Hey, I would love to do a TV show. Had no expectations. I get an email back and was like, well, send us a proposal. What do you want to talk about? Who's going to be your co-host? You know, what do you want to do? So we got on the phone and we worked out the details and hence BoobTube was created. Um, I chose Casey Carter and Desirable Bottom, which are my two Mm co-hosts and Jay, who is uh, one of the um, partners and owners of Exotica is kind of like our commentator. Sometimes he goes on with us, but he's there to, you know, manage the back end of everything. And BoobTube started in April of 2020. It has since grown exponentially. We're super excited about its growth, but BoobTube is just a generic people talking about TV, movies, what's playing on your on your Roku or your Amazon Fire Stick or whatever streaming service you use or cable or whatever. And it was just to keep things light and out of the politic, uh, you know, the, the political hysteria and chaos of the pandemic. Right, it, it was a crazy time during the whole pandemic. Yeah. 
for yeah. sure. So boob tube was just really something for us to do when there was nothing to do and yeah. to talk about things that are light and interesting and, you know, who wasn't watching some sort of TV or some sort of entertainment during the pandemic. Right. And so, um, boob tube has just, uh, we're on hiatus until February 1st, but we have a booth at exotica boob tube sponsors the fashion show. So yeah, the show airs Wednesdays, 9 PM Eastern standard time on exotica.tv and you can follow the YouTube channel and all that stuff too. So, so speaking of the pandemic, I remember now when I first saw you, was it, um, cam land podcast? Yes. You used to be a, they lost their YouTube. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. They, that was such a, it, cause I remember you coming on and you were talking about different platforms and I was, I remember seeing you, this is before I ever met you. And I go, God, she's so smart. And, um, so that was a short period of time too, that you were on there, right? The cam model, uh, pod, cam they, yeah. Cam, cam podcast is, is all that footage gone. I have no idea. Um, I hope not, but, um, the cam Land podcast was basically, um, what's the name of the site? Uh, webcam startup or something yeah webcam startup uh-huh. so the podcast was an opportunity for us to talk about things like the mv awards and all the different platforms and like when certain platforms were going down or new platforms would come about we would talk about the pluses the, the pros the cons and just really dive in to these platforms so you could be the you, the viewers could be more uh, knowledgeable because, you know, these websites come a dozen yeah. a day. Mm-hmm. Like there's a f- million, a fuck ton of fan clubs now. Like you can oh, yeah. pretty much do my personal preference is loyal fans, but that's just my personal opinion. You know um, what? I'm starting to really love loyal fans opposed to only fans um, and I actually reached out to Andrew to be on the show. I sent him an email last night speaking of that um, because I'm, I'm really, it's really only fans. I just feel like was taken over by a whole bunch of pandemic Becky's. And, and now it's, it's something that it, it's not even about the fans anymore. It's, 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 I don't uh, think it really ever was only fans was a phenomenon. It came, yeah. it, took over it created what I do love about OnlyFans is it definitely put the power of the industry into the performers. Oh yes, 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 yes. And that I love. Yeah. But it also opened up a lot of Pandora box issues mm-hmm. like, you know, an increase in STIs and testing and now oh, we swabbing yes. and like there's just a whole and it's not just OnlyFans, but I feel like OnlyFans was kind of like the vehicle that fueled this fire like it just it just yeah no I I'm thankful for OnlyFans don't get me wrong but um like I said earlier before we were talking I have made a decision to be more human on it and run it all by myself which is a lot of work but I want to be the one that it, it it too many people manipulated the system yeah and that's what happened. It is not, I, I noticed such a big difference with loyal fans. Um, and then you, I love the fact that you go live and people follow you. You could do a video call from there. You could, uh, you have a you video know, store. 
Yeah, you could have, I, I noticed I have the app and I could send a message right there from the app. It, it's um, every time I upload something on Loyal Fans, I get more to the following, which is great. So yeah, I'm with you right there. I'm really enjoying Loyal Fans. I do like Loyal Fans. <clears throat> In fact, I'm having a webinar Wednesday to go over some new features. I had the pleasure of spending a lot of time at the Loyal Fans booth at AVN. They were super mm-hmm. welcoming. They've always, and one of the other things that I really love about loyal fans is if you have a problem, there is someone available pretty much 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's not that type of support with OnlyFans. Yep. So So for me, yeah, for me, if I have a problem with the site or some of my content isn't approved, I can make a phone call. I can send an email and someone's going to respond and give me a, a straight answer. With OnlyFans, I found everything like this whole tagging people and model releases and documentation, which I understand why it's necessary, but they make it so complicated. Oh, they yeah. Deny it and they won't tell you why. Then they'll say, yeah. oh, you need to do this. You need to do that. You do it. And then they're like, it's still not approved. And it's just like, really? Because <laughs> I have nothing better to do than just sit all day and go through the this hoops and do these circus tricks for you to still deny the content. And I'm tagging people on OnlyFans and then it's saying you need to tag them. And I'm like, I'm tagging them. Right. They're already tagged. What yeah. more do you want me to do? I know. Yeah. It's crazy. So for me, and then also a lot of the content that I shoot is public flashing, squirting, dildos. That kind of content is constantly being reported on OnlyFans for one reason or another. And I'm just over it. Like... Loyal fans has a more, you know, lenient uh, content criteria, not to say that they're breaking any laws, but I feel like OnlyFans really implemented a lot of terms. Well, OnlyFans, um, I remember from the get-go, it was not made what it was. It was basically made for IG models. And so many people are like, um, it was literally made for the fact that an IG, somebody on IG can't post everything. So whatever photos they can't post, they go on OnlyFans. Right. You understand? So now uh, with everybody going on and manipulating the system, they're selling free trials or whatever. It's kind of, it's a very personal thing, I feel like, for any woman to sell naked photos. But now these guys expect to see you naked for free. And this time it's not the companies that did this. It's the people that came on the platform that have started this. You know what I'm saying? It's sort of like they they did what um remember when the tube sites started and they ruined the business. Right. This is similar because this isn't and I called them pandemic Beckys because these were girls that were not in the business. These were people just manipulating the system. And like, you know what I'm saying? And uh, all for the quick buck, but the longevity, if you're going to be in the business, you really need to just brand yourself, which is something you do. You do an absolutely excellent job of branding yourself. Um, You're probably like the best example because you do go to every exotica. Tell us about that, how that whole process is, because I've seen you in action. (laughs) So, um, you mean going to the exoticas? It's a lot. Yes, I it's- love it when you you're like I in fact I kind of you're the person I look forward to seeing because you've got everything like you got your stuff ready, you got your you've always got the best placement. Like <laughs> yeah, so 
getting ready for Exotica. Um, so we're getting ready for Chicago now. This mm-hmm. is something that you spend months, you know, in advance coming up with, you know, new material, whether it's new banners because you have new pictures or maybe for me, I've transitioned <clears throat> when I first started doing the fashion show, I started with the thigh highs. Well, I don't sell the thigh highs anymore. Carrie's Closet mm-hmm. X still exists, but it's more me taking, you know, things that I've worn for fashion um, shoots, you know, for photo shoots or in the fashion show or like the red carpet stuff, mm-hmm. all of that I'm reselling and getting rid of it. So Carrie's Closet has reverted back to what it was originally, which was plus size uh, fashion resale. Mm-hmm. The, th- the thigh highs was just something when they were like, Hey, we want you to do a fashion show because we've been promoting a BBW fashion show and they just canceled. And we've got two weeks to the show, which is when I saw you in Miami of 2021, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I just started selling these thigh highs. Let me throw those into the fashion show. So initially for several months, even into 2022, mm-hmm. I was doing the, the thigh high thing, but then it got to be really expensive and so I really wanted to focus on iHeartBBW because that's where my real passion is. The mm-hmm. thigh highs are cool, but it wasn't my passion. Like it's not, they're, they're fashionable. They're great. They're super stretchy. They're, you know, they're, they're cute, but at the same time, it's not really where my passion is. My passion is to unite and have a community of people that can bond and, you know, lift each other up and help each other through this journey because the adult industry can be a very rough place when you feel like you're by yourself. Yes. And so I heart BBW is about promoting, um, size acceptance, body positivity, but yeah, we go to all the shows and our booth is getting bigger and it's getting more elaborate and it's just turning into a whole beast of its own, but I'm excited because, you know, it's all about evolution and growth. Mm-hmm. and learning. And, you know, I've learned a lot of things. And I think the, the one of the keys to my success and what keeps me present at Exotica is I'm also very self-aware and I understand I'm human. I make mistakes. You know, I tried doing OnlyFans management for a while and realized that is just not for me. It was fun while it lasted <clears throat> and no, you know, no hard feelings towards anyone that I may have worked with, but, you know, I've just learned that I may be good at it, but it's a very tedious job. And yeah. It's not and plus it's a 24. That's why like I'm personally running it and I'm being more realistic with my only fans with people and being authentic and truthful because the whole things would, uh, and, 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 and that's where it got kind of crazy is these girls. Now these performers that are just getting in the business that have no real brand are right away hiring somebody else. I'm not talking about existing performers or, you know, I'm talking about the newbies <laughs> because it's, it's a lot of work and you got to get to you. Sometimes as a performer, you got to get to know who your fans really are. Especially well, I think when you need to know who you are. You need to know who you are. Yes. Yes. You are, but also, um, I don't know, because I've been doing sex work so long, you, you got to know how to talk to people. And um, I think it's, that's what's really what's important. But, it, you know, you do need help scheduling. That's something very important. Scheduling could be a pain. I mean, OnlyFans management, there's a lot of things that help you make mm-hmm. your day a lot more productive. Having someone help you manage your OnlyFans, I totally 1000 believe it is awesome. It is a great asset. I think it's Mm -hmm. a a wonderful investment, but I think where a lot of people fail 
with the OnlyFans management and myself included as the manager, I just didn't have the time yeah. to a lot. I, I just have way too many things going on. You know, yeah, I'm yeah, podcasting, yeah. I'm, I'm blogging, I'm building yeah. my websites, I'm helping models, like I'm doing all of these things. So at, at one time when I was on hiatus, I had the time to dedicate to do this right. for, you know, 12 to 14, 16, 18 hours, how many of her hours I was doing it. Yeah. But at some point it just, it became burnout. And <clears throat> if you're someone who's looking to hire an assistant or an OnlyFans management company or a, a model or whatever, whoever you hire, you need to understand what your goals are. And if yeah. your goals are and you need to understand what your place is like, and it's hard to give up control of your your, bread, your money maker. But if you, one thing I've learned in this industry is to, you have to learn what you're great at, what you're good at and the things that you're not so good at and the things that you're not so good at, or that you don't like doing, you need to outsource those things. Yeah. For me, I outsource my own. Well, when I was doing OnlyFans. um, but now that I'm migrating to loyal fans, I have someone helping me organize my content, scheduling my content. I don't yeah. want to look at my content. Not well, that's what that's that's where I think it's important for management. That's that's when I understand like the scheduling, the organizing, the content. That's good. But what I have an issue with is a lot of people um, have, and I'm not talking about like I'm talking about these new performers, people coming in. Yeah. Um, because I'm finding, I've had girls tell me, I don't know how to do a video call. I go, what? What do you do for the video call? And I go, you don't know how to talk to somebody? <laughs> like, I And I'm running, like, what? What do you mean you don't know how to do? You just talk, well, I don't know how to talk. And then they're like, I don't know how to talk dirty. You don't know how to talk dirty? And <laughs> that, that I've, I've had this, like, conversation with people. And I'm like, what? But I feel like... um starting off before people jump, not the older, you know, before people have been in for a long time, but starting off, anybody should be really working their stuff before they hire somebody. Well, it goes back to, if you don't know how to do a video call, that goes back to you not knowing who you are and what, what you're selling. Yeah. Because everybody has something different. One of the things that I found has made me extremely popular is I sell everyday bullshit cleaning my house, folding laundry. In fact, I go live on cams and on loyal fans. When I fold my clothes, Mm -hmm. I have no fucking idea why people love watching me do silly, random daily domesticated shit, but they do. Yeah. And I think it's because it feels like they're kind of like a part of my daily life. Yeah. Sometimes I'll go live, like I'll go to the car wash and, you know, I'll just go live and I'll back. I'll go through the car wash and just be like, Hey y'all flash, you know? And so just them, you know, going, sometimes I'll go on, you know, while I'm at the grocery store and walking around the market, like just talking about like, should I buy this or should I buy that? Which cereal is your favorite? Like, and just them being a part of like everyday decisions. Yeah. People, they do like that stuff, but I also have been moving away from the whole like sexualizing myself because that's the part where I received burnout. And the yes. reason why is because I don't want to be a, a pussy puppet. I don't want you to tell me when you want to touch yourself and do what you want to do. I'm going to tell you what I want you to do. So right. that for me is where I'm transitioning into. I, I love that pussy puppet. <laughs> That's how I but that's feel. What, that's what that's what I mean too. Is myself included? We can't be 
24 hours. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not realistic. It. No, it's not realistic. And it's it's it is burnout for the individual. Um you it, it's just not real. And um, you're right, guys want to see the ordinary thing, guys. Sometimes people want to relate to you with a TV show. If you like sports, they want to relate with you. If you like sports, um, if you have animals, this is a big thing. People love sharing pictures of their animals. You know, it, it, the thing about it's called only fans, but it's connecting with your fans or even loyal fans other than a sexual way. And I think too many people during the pandemic, they got into this business and they're like, gimme, gimme. They saw money, but they don't, you're right. They don't know who they really are as a person. Which I understand if you're young, it, it can change from oh, day to day. Are young. I've seen some, these are young people that don't know themselves. I've seen. And that's <laughs> fine. I mean, if, if that's the genre or if that's the niche that right. you're catering to, by all means mm-hmm. work it. Yeah. But no, here's where I think the real problem is do your homework, research what it is that you're getting into. Yes, it's great to start an OnlyFans, but once you get into the OnlyFans or loyal fans or whatever platform you're on or camming, you need to understand what's expected of you. You need to understand the community that you're in and your peers. And you need to understand things like 2257, TTS, pass fsc these are these are acronyms that you should be well aware of not going to your regular doctor to get stds that's that's the thing i heard recently a girl go oh but i went to my doctor and they did because it's a totally different i I did a uh earlier episode with Brittany andrews and she broke it down she did a great job but uh yeah exactly like you've got to get some doctors do more like like full panels better than Uh tts though some some doctors, okay, but if you're living in Middle America, you right. understand like a majority. We, not everybody lives in a big city, and just right, to, right. You understand like it, it's just. It, it, but to speak it, on TTS, I feel like TTS needs to turn their their when they say full panel, it needs to include things like HPV, herpes, yeah. um, you know, hepatitis, like it needs to include more things because it, there's more to contract or to give to someone than just the general HIV gonorrhea chlamydia. Like there's a lot more, especially these like, okay. So the swabbing, we talked about it earlier. The swabbing is because there is a strain of STIs that is not detectable through urine or blood. And so the swabbing is because they have to swab the glands and mm-hmm. see if you've contracted something in other places, but <laughs> keeping it PG 13, right. but you know, um, I feel like TTS needs to raise their standards. If it's going to be the industry, um, standard for testing, it needs to be more elaborate. I feel like there's more things that need to be tested for because there's more things that can exchange and be contracted on set or within collabs. So, yeah. And that's another thing people didn't, I think people didn't realize that too, during the pandemic. Um, and now they're just now getting, uh, there's a lot of things I've seen, um, people not realize, Yeah, you know, that are brand new. And that's why I kind of, I made this podcast to really touch on for people to learn. Um, and I try with my best, each guest has at least 10 years in, 
sex work. What and I've inter, I'm gonna my plans are interviewing every form of sex work that I possibly can to better educate people because also uh, you were never forced. Am I correct to be in this occupation? You have always chosen. No, right? I definitely chose. I chose. You, you I made ch- more money doing phone sex and pictures and videos and, and webcam than I did at my nine to five. So I told my, I decided to, um, ended up with another medical situation and I took a long-term leave this time so I could get paid mm-hmm. and I was just making more money. So I just decided not to go back. And so they let me go. And that was that I was like, good riddance. Cause what, um, phone sex did you use? What company? Oh, I, okay. Night flirts. I was the original night flirt. Yeah. When so night you flirt started originally a night flirt. I started originally a night flirt. Oh, wow. So was that when I heard there was a period of time that it was busier than it ever was? Like it was a yes. crazy. Okay. It was crazy busy. When I started night flirt, it wasn't just night flirt. They also had, I can't remember what the other one was called, but they had psychics. And like people that did like therapy, like real therapy, psychics, mediums, tarot card readings and that kind of stuff. And then eventually that separated and night flirt just became, you know, like night flirt stayed what it was. And then whatever the other thing was, it went its own separate way. And so I just stayed with night flirt because I'm not a psychic. (laughs) I don't read tarot cards or anything. Like, in fact, I search people to read mine. So, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I stayed on night flirt and then, you know, they started really promoting like the sale of goodie bags or like picture sets and videos. And so I started doing that. And then I ended up on a website called candieswildgirls.com, which was the first BBW multi-girl site on the internet. What? What was this? It was called Candies Girls? Candieswildgirls.com. And it was uh-huh. um, BBWs, the first multi-girl BBW site. And so I got accepted to be on there. So then I had to keep up with the content requirements and then just kind of expanded from there. And I cammed on I'm live. I cammed on, um, gosh, what are some of the other ones? I something I cams, or I don't know. There was a whole lot of old ones that, and then I ended up on Streamate and, Mm -hmm. uh, my free cams and then eventually Chatterbait in 2009. Then eventually Chatterbait. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And you've seen all the companies come and go and I've seen lots of companies come, Mm -hmm. lots of companies go. And this is why my advice to anybody who's in this industry is to make sure that you don't put all your eggs in one basket. And that's because you just never know when a company is going to fold. There's a, a, a site called you candy and, you know, girls were making money on you candy. You could go live, you could sell content. And then, you know, I had money on there and then one day they were just gone (laughs) and you never got your money back from there. No, they're gone. They folded. They, you know, pulled the plug site was gone. Like literally that 404 page done. Yeah. No, I remember during the pandemic people before sex pamper was popular um, I was on there and I had, it's so funny because the same people that are like, I just don't, I just do one platform. I'm not going to waste my time with other stuff. And then now I see three years later, everybody's on sex pamper. Like, oh, yeah. and I, I, I was like, why is it? And I, cause I've always, me as a Gemini, I uh, believe in multiple sources of income. Oh, and, of course. Um, yeah, like and, and and like you, I just don't believe that. But now I'm seeing people are opening up. I honestly feel like if you're going to do online work and you have to 
put your input, tell me what you think. I believe you should do one cam, be on one cam site, be on one fan site and be on one um, clip site. And um, primarily, primarily you should always put your eggs in other baskets. Right. So like I, I have a many vids, but I don't use it. But I have a, I want clips and I upload more stuff on, I want clips and loyal fans. And then I have my only fans and sex pamper and stream mate. But I feel like, I don't know. I feel like if you're going to do just online work, I feel like it's kind of good to still camp, even if you have an audience. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're since- not doing porn, if you're not doing porn, if you're doing porn, I feel like, okay, you're going to build up enough um, because p- porn you do grow like because they're because they get that one clip of porn and then all of a sudden it's everywhere. You kind of get you you gotta monetize yourself from that one piece of content that just but you should in. you should still cam. Right. Because well, I, the, I think the people that buy stores, porn and uh-huh. the people that will find you on cams yeah. and the people that'll join your fan site are all different. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like if there's people I don't I've never worked for porn production, so I can't. But I feel like some porn girls, they don't really, depending on how busy they are, it's not really like necessarily, not all, not all. I I totally disagree. I feel like if you are going to get into this industry, you should Mm -hmm. always be building for your exit strategy. Mm. And even if your exit strategy includes, like you're not going to shoot porn forever. In fact, the the lifespan of a porn star is two years and that's generous. So in that two years, that is your opportunity to build the fan base. That's going to help create your longevity income sources. Mm -hmm. And so by camming while you're doing porn, you are creating the connection to those fans that will stay with you long after you stop shooting for porn companies. And whether you decide to just do stuff like Lisa Ann or decide that you want to still be a cam person, uh, a cam personality. If you're going to go into the porn industry, monetize everything you do, write a book, go on cams, content, do webinars and tutorials and podcasts and blogs. Like, I feel like you should never put yourself into a box. You should expand. And that's, what's been the key to my success is that I do it all. Yeah, you do. You do. You do it all. It keeps you relevant. Yeah, because yeah. Well, you, you know sex who is, um, I think it's Alex Cole. Is her name Alex Cole? Mm-hmm. She is somebody, I think, does she still cam to this day? Because she started camming and then she did porn, right? Didn't she? I think so. I don't really yeah. know her story, so I can't really. I've interviewed her a long, long time ago, but I remember she cammed and I, I, I don't know, she could still be camming, but she's an example of that. I just think. I just know that, I don't know, I've seen, I know some porn stars are super busy, so I kind of get it if they can't do, but I I try getting in my camming time because I'm pretty much online, but yeah, you do have to, with that brand, just be everywhere. You got to be everywhere while you're hot. Mm -hmm. And then the work that you do while you're hot is what will give you the transition into still being hot, even though you're not in the middle of the flames, you're still, you know, like, look at it. Like, I mean, I hate to use Lisa Ann as an example again, but Lisa Ann built up her podcast. She built up writing her books. Like these are things that she did during her transition out of sex work. So even though now everything that she does is vanilla, she still gets to piggyback 
off of all of the work that she did in the adult industry. So, you know, and that's kind of the same thing that I'm doing is like, I can't do sex work forever. Like I'm almost two decades in. And at some point I'm just going to be ready to be like, here's the throne, somebody (laughs) take the fucking crown, enjoy this empire. But you know, I don't, I I won't want to be affiliated with adult work, not because I don't like adult work, but at some point, you know, I'm almost, no, I I feel that the exit, like you, 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 that's how I, that's where I'm at too is. And that's why I have like multiple podcasts right now, because this podcast is, is sort of like, bringing on what I used to do and showcasing it in a different light. And then my other podcast is about comedy. Right. So, cause that's something I truly, truly enjoy, but this is the way for me to exit, but monetize already the existing social media that I have and grow. And uh, yeah, so yeah, that's absolutely true because once you get, after you've been in the business so long, there is a point of burnout. Yeah. Well, not only that, but you're still educated. You're still knowledgeable. I still have very pertinent, important and valuable information to share with everyone. And so I'll still be to some extent connected because I'll always appreciate that porn saved my life. But at some point I'm almost 50, you know, I'll be 48 in a couple of weeks. So, you know, I'm getting closer to being 50. And at that point, like, I'm not saying that a certain age determines or dictates when you should leave the business, but you know, when you've done two decades, like it's time to start thinking of other things and, you know, I have other passions. I have other interests. I have other things that I want to do. And frankly, I've spent two decades being very careful about the things that I say around my, my family and like, you know, being in an environment where I have to, you know, like, you know, corn, I'm a corn star, you know, like, I just don't, I just don't want to have to hide who I am or what I'm doing. Yeah. And not that I'm ashamed because that's definitely not the case. But when you have kids, you can't be, you, you, this is the thing when you have kids, you got it. Your kids don't want to see you talk about it. And, and right. You know, it's It's not appropriate. It's not appropriate. Right. Right. I'm not going to go to my daughter and be like, dude, I seen the biggest dick of my life today. Like, (laughs) No, that is totally not appropriate. Yeah. In fact, my daughter's at that age where she wants to like feel that connection and talk about things. And I'm like, "Mm -mm, stop. Yeah. No, I hear you. Please pause. (laughs) (laughs) I am not the person to be having this conversation with. This makes me very uncomfortable. And she's like, but, but, and I'm just like, "Mm -mm, mm -mm, yeah, I'm not okay with it. And it's just because, you know, at at one time she was saying something about, she wanted to start an OnlyFans, And I was just like, please don't. You just don't understand. And when people are like, why would you not allow your daughter to do it? And it's like, it's not that I wouldn't allow her. I just, I feel like once she gets into the industry, it's just, it's, it's going to consume her and she has other talents and other things that she could be doing. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that's so contradicting. Thing. And I'm like, no, it's not. You know? I, I, I got, this was really annoying me now that you said that Um, I was in a group one time and I thought this was really weird because and I had to talk about this to my therapist, but, um, you know, my daughter is in, in um, my older daughter is in law school and, um, you know, she, she is not the type to ever do an OnlyFans. Um, she's a gay female and she has no desire to even talk to a man, 
let right. alone. And I'm in a group like on Telegram and a girl keeps on going, well, why doesn't your daughter do OnlyFans? And I said, because that's not her thing. She's busy in school. Right. And the woman kept on. She goes, but my daughter does it. Your daughter can do it and pay her own tuition. And I'm like thinking, um, my daughter is too busy. Right. Studying tests and preparing for tests to do all this and to have an OnlyFans. And she's not interested to even talk to men like she's not even heterosexual. Well, not only that, but I feel like people have this misconception that you just start an OnlyFans and instantly start making money. I already know that my daughter does not have the dedication to put in the hours and the work Mm -hmm. to make it successful. So we're just going to stop it there. Aside from that, you know, my daughter, uh, for me, I feel like, have I found my success? Did I, I learn a lot? Yes. But I also feel like if she wants to do it, I will support her by all means in no mm-hmm. way, shape, form or fashion. Will I judge her for deciding that she wants to do sex work? I would just love to nurture other passions and other interests in her life. She loves doing cosmetology. She loves doing esthetician work. She loves mm-hmm. doing uh, nails and, and she's a very creative person in that aspect. And so I would, I would love to see her work more towards that and right. it's not like she really needs to do OnlyFans. I think it's just a curiosity at this right. point. Right. And a lot of women, they have that curiosity and they don't realize the work it right. entails to do it. Right. They don't realize the reality. So you're presenting the reality of what it is like you're, you're, you have this talent, you could do hair and makeup and you can make way more money. And then at the end of the day, after you, let's say, for instance, I know a makeup artist that makes like 15 to 1800 a day doing makeup. Okay. Which is a good amount of money. Right. Um, She, you know, and I'm sure she, after buying her products or all that, let's say she's got, she's clearing maybe 1500 a day or a thousand a day, whatever. That's still good money. That's a great amount of money. A great, excellent amount of money. But realistically, you know what I mean? And she's got clients that are coming back. You know, this makeup artist has clients coming back. Realistically, that's a, a very good career. And if everybody's all going and doing OnlyFans, OnlyFans, and now I've heard a girl spending twenty, thirty thousand dollars mm. on promo to do OnlyFans. It's not realistic. It's not realistic. It's just not. It's a seven day a week gig you're getting yourself into. Well, let's, let's take two points. One, everybody can't do OnlyFans because if everybody does OnlyFans, who's going to run the markets? Who's going right. to, who's mm-hmm. going to run the world? Like there's mm-hmm. other aspects of the world that right. we need people's talents and their employment yes. and, you know, other things that need to be handled in the rest of the world. So right. there's that. Secondly, once you put that shit on the internet, it is forever. Yes. Ever. It is not something that you can come back and say, oops, my bad, control, all delete, and it's done. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the other part that I explained, you know, when I was talking about this with my daughter that, you know, this is not something that you can come back later and be like, let me wipe this off the board and erase it. Like it is going Mm -hmm. to be forever. And I think that's the part that resonated the most was like, okay, you know, I have, she has two young boys and it's like, what happens when they find it? Right. My children know what it's like, because when they were made aware of it, it was a lot of 
you know, we had to go through some therapy. We had to go through some stuff. And so I was like, how are you going to feel when your children find it? And you have to go through what I went through. Right. Like, Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. And I'm like, so you need to think about these things. I will do everything in my power to support you no matter what decision you make, but I will also support you in your passion to, you know, I, I helped with nail school and cosmetology school and like all of that stuff, because I, I want to see, I wished I'd have had more faith and confidence at, at that time in my life. Like I don't regret having done the adult stuff, right. but at the same time, I wish I'd have more confidence to pursue my dreams because my dreams weren't to do porn. It just happened right. it me out of a mundane nine to five lifestyle where I just was underappreciated because I'm an overambitious person. Yeah. Oh yeah, you are. You're, <laughs> you're the most, but you're a joy. You're the most ambitious person I know. And probably in the industry, you're probably one of the smartest people I know. You, Brittany Andrews, um, you two are both geniuses <laughs> and, um, yeah, you're one of the smartest I know people don't, but people don't really know like what I know about you, but, uh, yeah, that's a great thing. That's you because for people listen to rumors. Yeah, but uh, the drama, you know, yeah, one of the things Um, that I will say about being an Aquarius and being highly uh, intelligent and smart is that sometimes I don't navigate personal situations as well as other people. So I'm very much a cut and dry kind of person, or I tend to overbelieve in people. I believe more in themselves, more in them than they believe in themselves. So, oh, I catch myself doing that too. (laughs) Yeah, I do that too. I believe more exactly. I I do that. So I'm, I'm totally that way. I believe more in them. I see more talent and everything else. Um, also, cause we touched about exotica, but I feel like this, I feel like the conventions are so, I regret going to AVN, but at the same time, I personally feel like I wasn't ready to go to AVN. Plus I had other stuff. I had my vanilla job to worry about because I got to get my health insurance. Um, I feel like these conventions are really, really important for branding and networking and getting to know people. And uh, could you touch a little bit about that on your thoughts too? Absolutely. So one of the things that definitely has been beneficial for myself in branding, not only myself, but any project that I'm working on and anybody that I'm working with is going and meeting people face-to-face. That is something I have done since day one. In 2008, I went to Exotica Miami for the first time. I went and mm-hmm. met Lisa Sparks and Diamond Jackson. And I forget who else was there. Those were the two, two most prominent that I remember. And I just remember going up and saying, hi, I'm Platinum Pussy. And people would look at me like, what? Uh-huh. Who's Platinum Pussy? <laughs> like, and the name in itself was just memorable. And they were like, wow, that was a great marketing uh, tool. And then they would just look at me and I'd be like, yeah, I'm a BBW. Like, and I would, I remember saying in 2008, there is no BBW presence here mm-hmm. at Exotica. Cause there was a time when there wasn't much diversity. Right. And so it has always been my mission to bring diversity and have BBW representation at the show. So it started way back then, but going and networking with people, people still remember me from 15 years ago. And are like, wow, you're still doing your thing. Look at this. Look at, you know, now I have merch and I have a website and I have girls that, you know, are, are doing TikToks and a part of this, you know, community. And so going to these events 
one, I, I do have some advice and that's knowing what your purpose is. A lot yeah. of people go and forget why they're there. It becomes yeah. like, Oh my God, all these people I know you're not there to see the people you already know. And it's not a party. Um, it's not to go there to party. That's the big thing I've, um, to take off. Cause I feel like every day that you're there, even Sunday, um, just meeting each individual person, like stand up comedians, they tour to get to know people. And I feel like Exotica is the perfect um, way to tour and get to know more people. Cause I've left a convention and later on down the road made some money off the people. Or yeah. my numbers always go up on my social Absolutely. media. Absolutely. Because yeah. people, people see you. And then mm-hmm. when they see you, they're like, oh my God, you know, I got to find out what this person's all about. One of the things that I do is I get the booklet from Exotica and it has a list of all the vendors and all the people that have booth spaces. Mm-hmm. And I highlight the ones that I already know. And then I go back and highlight in a different color, the ones that I don't know. And those are the people that I want to spotlight each show and go meet Mm -hmm. at least five people or five vendors or five different companies that I didn't get a chance to the the show prior or that are new at this show or whatever the case is, I will make sure that I meet five new people at each and every show. Obviously it ends up being far more than that, but five is my, my goal. And that's also because I do the fashion show. I'm doing the seminars. I've got the booth. So I'm a busy woman. However, 2023 is going to be vastly different. I have a team now. There's going to be somebody managing the booth and helping with the fashion show. And Uh I have a social media manager. So iHeartBBW is growing and expanding so I can go and do all the dirty work (laughs) and, you know, get more sponsors and people to, you know, be working with us and doing, you know, collabs and stuff like that. Cause iHeartBBW is turning in, I'm building a directory. Um, I do, I have a top list that I buy, uh, advertising for. So there's a lot of, a lot of things happening. I'm also working on a porn prom. A porn prom. I'm doing a prom. Yeah. I want to do a prom. I have, so my studio now has expanded to uh, other spaces. It's in the Uh same building, but there's this huge event space. Uh And so I was like, what could I do with this event space? That would be just different. And I never got to go to my own prom. And I Uh want to put on a really pretty dress. And I was thinking about an award show, but then I was like, no, I really don't want to pit people together. I want to do something that brings people together. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. I was like, how many of us didn't get to go to prom? That's true. So uh, I'm I'm super excited that I'm going to be doing a porn prom here in Baltimore. Oh, wow. When is that? May 13th. Oh, wow. Maybe I'll go take the train, go down there for that. That'd be awesome. That would yeah, be that's, really awesome. that sounds like a good idea, though. That would be something, an event. <clears throat> it's great we have exoticas and all that, but, you know, we do have ex-biz down in Miami that's socialization, but um, something like that would be good for people to go to. I feel like so much stuff is in Vegas now in LA. But yeah, I, I'm keeping yeah. it East Coast on this particular event. I have some stuff planned for the West Coast, mm-hmm. um, but I'm also going to do some things in New York as well because, you know, my social media manager lives there. So I'll be spending more time up there. But um, I wanted to do this close to home because one, I want to promote my photo studio and my space mm-hmm. up here. 
I also want to do it close to home because it's easier for me to get, you know, catering and DJs and all of the stuff that goes into planning a prom. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a great opportunity for us to just come together with no competition, no yeah. fighting for fans. This is just something we can do where it's like with us, we, we bring a date, whether it's our boyfriends, husbands, girlfriends, wives, or just general, whoever right. they want to bring and get together and do some fun photos. Like I'm going to have a photo booth and, um, food and a DJ. And we're going to do like the whole, like superlatives. I'm going to have a big wall and it's going to have like, um, class clown. And then you, you know, write your name in it. And then it's going to have like, you know, most likely to succeed. And then you could write your name there, or write somebody else's name in there. And I just think it's something fun that, Oh, that is good. That's yeah, like a I think great it's something idea. fun. We can come together. I want to do something that's not an award show. That's not a yeah, yeah. show where we can just be ourselves and have a good time and have some content and dress up. I want to get on a pretty dress, a gown (laughs) on the dance floor and doing my, my, that sounds like a plan. Well, we're coming to an end here. Could you Carrie, please tell everybody where they can find you all your sites um, and everything before we end here? Well, um, as platinum pussy has been removed from Instagram, you can still find me on Twitter and it's platinum P U Z Z Y and the number mm-hmm. one, but more importantly, go to iHeartBBWCOM on Twitter, Instagram, iHeartBBWCOM2 on TikTok and iHeartBBW on YouTube. That is where I spend the majority of my time these days because I'm really trying to cultivate that community and build content for that. And so iHeartBBW.com is my mainstay. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on Get Schooled. Thank you for having me.